This episode of the Cut Podcast Network is sponsored by Better Fantasy. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app and it's incredibly fun to use. This was my first week using it and I cashed out on a couple of my bets. Pretty pumped about that. One of the reasons we love it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download today for iPhone and Android. Use the code THECUT when you create your account to receive 1,000 better credits when you start your account. Thank you to Better Fantasy. Stay on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I'm your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? You're muted, buddy. Actually muted. I literally did it for your ad read and <laughs> forgot about it. But been a fun night. Uh, classic Seattle game. Uh, where we get a blocked extra point for two points here. But, uh, you know, I need a few things to happen here for Thrive mostly. Fantasy's pretty done for the day, but Mm -hmm. having fun. I'm I'm feeling good about my fantasy week. I I won my typical, like, just over 500, uh, but it was in leagues that I definitely needed wins. So I'm I'm tracking to make the playoffs in, like, 80% of my leagues, which I did not expect after the first four weeks. So feeling pretty good. Definitely an improvement from last year, but not by like a, a lot. You were probably like 70% last year. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close and playoff wise. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we're here to talk through week 12 of the NFL. It was a crazy week. The the Thanksgiving games, you know, a couple of them made the, the list of things that we'll talk about. Uh, but, you know, th- I feel as though this week of games was, it, it was a little, you know, kind of disappointing, I guess. I don't know if it's maybe because the Browns uh, just royally disappointed me last night, but um, probably (laughs) that's pretty much how I feel. Uh, We'll also give you guys some waiver wire ads to look at as you head into week 13. We are getting down to crunch time and it is almost time for the playoffs. The fantasy playoffs will start in a couple weeks now. Uh, It depends on your, your league. Obviously some the playoffs are going to start different weeks. Uh, It, depending on the league yeah, most leagues you have this week and next week of the regular season left right um which brings us to the first point injury news uh and so uh the 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 main i guess there are a lot of main stories today but christian mccaffrey was placed on the ir he is done for the year the injury was severe enough that they decided to put him back on the ir he uh, tweeted out or, or put on Instagram that he 
plans to come back bigger and stronger, which is probably a good idea after two injury-filled years. We'll talk through the fallout of that in a little bit. I mean, McCaffrey didn't play a whole lot uh, anyway this last week because he got hurt in in the game. So uh, I guess my question, we're going to talk about one of the guys, but do you have any interest in Amir Abdullah moving forward? No, not really. Um, we we already we've seen the blueprint with McCaffrey out, so <laughs> I don't think we need to divide from there. Chuba was good in replacement, never spectacular, but good. Yeah, I hear you there. All right, uh, next big injury is Dalvin Cook. He has a torn labrum. Uh, the plan is to be out the next two weeks, and then. Hopefully he can come back the third week. So they don't plan to put him on on IR. However, it's still on the table. Uh, the Vikings are currently yeah. sitting in a playoff spot. I think that they will probably end up putting him on the IR if I had to speculate right now. How are you feeling about that situation, Randy? I think if they do, it'd be this week. So obviously you got initial. Um, there's a good chance that Dalvin Cook and his agent want a second opinion. Most players usually do. Um, just to double check for, I mean, he's got a bright future still, so there's no need to, <laughs> if he needs to sit out three or four weeks instead of two, he should get that second opinion just to make sure. Um, but yeah, I expect by the end of the week, we would know if he goes on IR or not, because the, the Vikings also want that, you know, cause if they're planning on only having about two weeks, if you know, you're going to possibly have about three weeks, you want to eliminate that option right now just in case you get this game ticked off. If you wait till next week or something, you're just, that's what uh, the Panthers did at times this year with McCaffrey. And it didn't work out. They just waited for two weeks and then put them yeah. on, just kind of screwed themselves there. But uh, I expect yeah. this week. And I, I do expect, I don't think I expect the IR. I think okay. he's going to be out two weeks, possibly three, and then just not have him on the IR. Here's the thing. Uh, we're seeing a quarterback play with a, a torn labrum and his non-throwing shoulder. And this is also Dalvin Cook's non-dominant uh, hand. I know he needs both arms to carry the football, however. Usually um, a lot of running backs with a non-dominant hand is, you know, <laughs> what they stiff arm or truck yeah. with or, you know, because <laughs> they're protecting yeah. the ball with their dominant hand. Yeah, but I think if they had to run him out there on the third week, I, I think they probably would. So, But um, for, for fantasy – uh, obviously, we'll talk about Madison in a little bit because that's the obvious call there. But yeah. <laughs> um, two weeks, so your best case for you is you can finish out getting the playoffs or you already clinched the playoff spot, and he's just there to start the playoffs for you. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, that's that would definitely be best case. Yeah. Uh, next guy on the list, we're going to skip around a little bit here, Randy, but Debo Samuel uh, strained his groin. He's out one to two weeks. I would say probably two weeks with a groin injury and the way that Debo plays. Really, really unfortunate because the 49ers were actually coming into their own as an offense. Brandon Ayuk has looked really good, but Debo has been a main cog in that machine. I wonder what this means for that offense. I mean, they were giving him carries like he's, I believe, the first receiver in the modern era to have three rushing touchdowns in or in back to back to back games or yeah, a, a rushing five, touchdown. Did five was, touchdowns in a season, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just I mean, it, shout out to Jeff who wanted to get Debo 
running back eligibility in fantasy football, I think there's a there's a good case for it after how they've used him. But what do you see as the fallout here? Um, well, <laughs> I would say a heavier usage on an RB2, uh, yeah. a heavier reliance on Ayuk, obviously. Um, and, I mean, they kind of mixed in their mixed bag of receivers past those two anyways this last game. But I think the plan of attack is going to be continued to be dominant run with Mitchell, um, Sam, or Samuel Wilson, and possibly Sermon near the end, near fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Um, Which he, he, he did get hurt, too. I don't know what the severity yeah. of his injury is. He got hurt on special teams, so. I saw that. I didn't see a report on it, so. Neither did I. So, uh, but hope, I mean, hopefully. Even if, even if he's fine, I think in this kind of new flesh for the two games without uh, Debo, it would take at least a game before he would get that full split 50-50 workload with Mitchell because they do love Wilson. So, um, But I would expect good things from Ayuk, who now will be used again more in that Debo Samuel role from this year, because that's kind of what he used was used off and on paired with Debo last year. So, yeah. And, and remember guys, targets are earned. I wouldn't, you know, go out and get, uh, Sherfield or Jennings, Juwan Jennings, or, uh, I don't, I don't even know who the next option would be. Like, don't, I wouldn't chase that. I would just I say, say, I want to say Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who he plays for. I, I thought I thought they cut him. Um, I think they probably did. The only thing we know is it's not heard. It's all. Yeah. It's all we. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I would is. say I would say George Kittle's been disappointing for a couple of weeks this year. I don't think with Debo out, he's disappointing. I, I no, he he had a good. bad game this week, but he's been since he's been back, he's been solid. Yeah. Uh, maybe not like the, the tight end one every week, but he's been easily a tight end one most weeks. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sure. and that should continue. Yeah. All right. Next guy, uh, kind of fantasy relevant, but uh, Dan Arnold, grade two MCL sprain. He's out four to six weeks, which means he's probably done for the year. It means he's he's definitely done for the year because they're yeah, not going to risk bringing him back. Uh, no. Really, kind of sucks, you know. He, we talked about it last week or the week before. He's the only reliable pass catching option on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tavon Austin. Caught a touchdown this week, and now what is Trevor Lawrence gonna do? Listen, man, you're gonna have to tweet about it again. Is it now finally the LaVisca show when everyone has died around him? He literally has Marvin Jones and Tavon Austin, the only people around him at this point. It's rough, literally, man. The, the two people that have taken over for this team, and Agnew and Dan Arnold, are gone, <laughs> done they for are. the season. So at some point, he has to at least get you 10 points a week <laughs> at some point here. Maybe here's it takes the, Marvin Jones being out for two weeks, but Jesus. Here's the thing. So the, the fantasy workload breakdown from the wide receiver room this week um, went Tavon Austin, two receptions, 21 yards, and a touchdown, 10 fantasy points. Laquan Treadwell, eight targets, first of all, four four receptions, 53 yards, nine fantasy points. That's a guy we probably should talk about on the waiver wire because eight targets is kind of significant. Uh, then Marvin Jones, four receptions, uh, 43 yards. And then LaVisca Chenault, five receptions, 33 yards. I I guess they were tied um, in that aspect. So it's that's crazy. just, 
but <laughs> yeah, all we've learned this year. He's he he broke out. I would say this year. Uh, yeah. And I think he's their tight end of at least the, the near future. I don't think they draft another one. Um, but it seems how what they did this year with running back, maybe they will. Uh, yep. In the first round, too. Let's just fuck it all up. <laughs> to be fair, they need a tight end two and tight end three. They, um, they do, but tight end twos and tight end threes are left out in the street every single day. <laughs> you don't need to draft one in the first round to compete with your already star guy. But we've seen that already. So, yeah. Uh, so it sucks for Dan Arnold, but I, I fully expect him to be a mainstay in this offense next year. Uh, moving on. Uh, non fantasy, but very much so fantasy. Jack Conklin tore his patella tendon in the Browns' Sunday night football loss to the Ravens. He is out for the year. It, it was his first. His second drive back after dislocating his elbow yeah. uh, just really sucks for Jack Conklin, but it also sucks for the Browns running game, and it also sucks for the Browns uh, pass catchers. But if you're playing them, it, you know, outside of maybe Jarvis, you shouldn't be, no matter who it is. Um, yeah, I think um, – I don't think it necessarily – it hasn't really impeded the running game. When there's been multiple starters out in the line, it has slowed down, but – Conklin's been in and out all year. Same with Wills. So we've been without a tackle here and there, both. And the, the running game still worked, at least mostly. Uh, Hudson was out as well this last week. So even though he hasn't been spectacular so far in his rookie campaign, which I didn't really expect, and you did you, uh, I, I think continued growth from the two depth guys will help out and help them out for the future. However, like... <laughs> what do we I don't really expect okay. <laughs> Alright. Well sorry guys if you're watching on YouTube. Uh <laughs> weird. Um either way, like I think it's more for Baker's sake and the passcape's sake. If you know there's going up against like the Steelers or Ravens again when there's lots of blitzes coming, uh two stud rushers coming at you maybe taper the expectations there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're well, not high. <laughs> the good thing for the Browns, and I, I think we'll talk about them uh, eventually in this show. I, I hope not for long, but uh, the good thing is that they get the Ravens again after their bye week this week. So we're going to find out exactly what that means because the Ravens just feasted on that offensive line. Once Conklin went down, unfortunately. So, um, all right, let's get to, the highlights and we are going to start with a good football team a very good football team a team i tweeted out if the playoffs started today i think they would make the super bowl and that is the new england patriots um the question here are the patriots elite and the reason i asked that so i, I was browsing P pff grades today and mac jones at surface value had a, a very good statistical game. He had over 300 yards. His average depth of target was pretty good. He made a couple of throws downfield. I was shocked, absolutely shocked, to see that he was their worst-graded offensive player. Now, it didn't matter in this game. The Patriots blew out the Titans. Their defense was dominant. Do you think that the Patriots are should be the favorite coming out of the AFC despite, you know, I guess... 
I don't want to call it max deficiencies because I will get dragged on Twitter, but the limitations that Max still has as a rookie quarterback. I mean, I think right now you have to say they're the favorite. And it's literally because of the defense. <laughs> Let's just yeah. play it simple. Because even like this game, the running game wasn't great. Pass game wasn't great. But they just still dominated. And obviously, mm-hmm. for Titans side, everybody of value out besides Tannehill is going to cause problems against a good defense. So there wasn't much there. Um, and Max Jones has deficiencies. Every rookie does. There's no, like, there shouldn't be a, a question there. Yeah. Uh, even if he's playing well, which he is, and we we both agree on that, we don't take stuff away. We just also point out the obvious. Yeah. Well, and and for what it's worth, you know, I think uh, I saw a big Twitter account in the fantasy community tweet out Max throw downfield to I I believe Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I d- I don't recall who the receiver was. It might have been Jacoby Myers, but either way. Uh, said, wow, not too bad for Mr. Dink and Dunk. Well, here's the thing. It was a terrible throw, and it, the safety just overran it. it. The one throw that safety pretty much, like, it, it was underthrown. The safety kind of went as if it was going to be thrown correctly, and then it was a completion. And it was, you know, good, good for Mac. Still question the deep ball, and I question what's going to happen when teams actually – Stack box with this, they're stacking boxes now, and that offensive line is playing well. But what happens yeah. when you get a stud defensive front, a stud front seven in general, and then add in a I mean, put nine in the box and see if Matt can beat you throwing deep? I don't know if he can. I that's where I get a little nervous betting on the Patriots, but yeah, again, their, that, their defense is so good, man. It's it's tough not to bet on them. Well, and you, you know the Ravens are going to come with the same game plan they just had against the Browns, and we'll have against the Browns in two weeks, um, <laughs> where it's just basically they're playing a bare front, and they know their corners can hang at least for a few seconds, and, and that's I you hope need. you don't get beat. And I, I think, I mean, there's not like this just destroying speed on the Patriots, and even if there was, Mac has to hit them within 30 or 40 yards of that tight window to really maximize the the play, I would say. Because otherwise it's good. they're gonna have to slow down, you know, and, and those are always the maximum plays anyways. So mm-hmm. um it's gonna be tough for teams like that. I don't necessarily maybe with Chris Jones back to his normal positions, the Chiefs can have some concerns against the running game for the Patriots. Bills, they've been beat here and there. I mean, if it's Patri- uh, Patriots Browns again, they'll probably be able to run all with Browns. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> same with Raiders, same with Chargers. Say, you know, like there's there's few teams that can play defense against the run game, but the AFC isn't the stalwart against the run. Whereas teams like the Bucks, if they made it to the Super Bowl in the ultimate storyline, <laughs> they could shut down the run, uh, which they did against them pretty much. Just Mac Dink had dunked the whole game. And they, it was a good game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know, I, I'm I'm rooting for the Bill versus Brady Super Bowl now. I I want to see <sighs> this Patriots team in the Super Bowl again, which I don't think I've ever said in my entire life. So, shout we'll out see. to Mac Jones for doing that. I guess. Um, all right. Uh, next up, uh, we have the Buffalo Bills as a highlight because they were pretty freaking incredible against the Saints. 
the other night. It started a little slow. Uh, Josh Allen had a few picks, but the Bills did what the Bills do. And what the Bills do is they just throw it down your throats. They don't run it down your throats. They throw it down your throats. And when Josh Allen is firing, it's hard to stop. I mean, New Orleans is a very, very good defense, and the Bills hung 31 on them. And I know it was Trevor Simeon, but they also held the Saints to six points. That is significant. I think that right now we're looking at the Bills versus the Patriots as the top two teams in the AFC. I'm still not sold on the Chiefs. I know they're kind of back, but um, and it's easy to forget them when they're coming off their bye. But do you see it as the same way now that the Bills are kind of hitting their stride? Yeah. I think those are the two. Eh. I think I would still give Ravens the okay. best team overall because they're still playing good defense. And their offense most weeks has looked really, really good. <laughs> they just looked yeah. really bad this week. But, not. I mean, they made turnovers, basically. Uh, their offense moved really well. I think they can always move really well, especially the running game. Uh, so I'd still give it to the Ravens playing the most complete football. And until this week with their quarterback playing the best as well, like that yeah. Kemba, or we didn't get for – we don't give for the Patriots every week. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I do want to mention before we stop talking about the Bills, Dawson Knox missed two games, and he is the tight end seven in PPR leagues. Uh, this last week, three catches, 32 yards, but he did add two touchdowns. Uh, I don't know if that says more about the tight end landscape or the fact that Dawson Knox has been really, really good this year as like the second-ish, third-ish option for Josh Allen. A little bit of both. Sounds about right. All right. Uh, next on the docket, we have touchdown Lenny. Uh, so Leonard Fournette is the RB1 this week. He went off. He had four touchdowns in this game, I believe three on the ground and one through the air. If Leonard Fournette does not play in this football game, the Bucks definitely lose. Uh, his final stat line was 17 attempts, 100 yards, three touchdowns. Eight targets, seven catches, only 31 yards, but he did add a touchdown. The Bucks' offense is uh, the worst to project. I would have never guessed that uh, Leonard Fournette would do that against the Colts. Now I know that the Colts are a too high defense. We could have kind of seen it coming, but that's when Bruce Arians would yeah. say, hey, Rojo, you want in there? And Rojo got a touchdown too. Shout yeah, I know that. Do you see – the Bucks as just you have to look at what the other teams are doing in order to project them moving forward. Yeah. Or do you, do you think that there's still some consistency there? So like, well, I believe Godwin I had an awful game. So I think there's still some consistency, but the, the spread of the ball in the passing game is only going to get worse because <laughs> Antonio Brown's going to be back soon. So it's only going to get worse. Um, I, I think you just have to play matchups there. Um, obviously, we saw the Colts do well against the Bills because they had to stop the pass, which they could do, but they they normally aren't very good against the run, but the Bills can't run. So we knew the Bucks can with their mixed bag of weapons there and whoever they feel like using that day, it feels like. But... Um, 
It, so yeah, I would I would always dictate the matchup, and then kind of the only consistent receiving option I'd feel fully comfortable starting, I think, is going to be Gronk from here on out. I don't think he necessarily has like this many catches every game, but you know he has this huge touch at upside, so he doesn't need seven catches. He can do it with two. It's very true. I mean, you're still going to start Godwin and Evans, and you're just going to pray most weeks. You know, yes. if you're in shallow leagues, then there are, I'm sure you have other options, but that's why you check out our rankings on the cutffb.com slash rankings. Uh, I don't know that I updated those that this week, so I'm sorry. Uh, it was a <laughs> crazy week. It's Thanksgiving, bro. I know. Travel, all that. It's yeah, It was, yeah, it was a crazy weekend. Um, so the, the the main point I wanted to make here is that understanding what uh, what coverages defenses play pretty important even for fantasy. So I guess in retrospect, we could have seen something like this coming because we know that the Colts run too high, which is really easy to run against, especially when you have the Bucks offensive line, who's pretty good too. All right, uh, let's talk about the Packers because. The Packers were very, very impressive uh, in their win against the Rams. They won 36-28. to 28. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 28-45, of 307-2. and two. He also rushed in a touchdown. A.J. Dillon got the bulk of the work in this game. Uh, he saw 20 carries, 69 yards, also five receptions for 21 yards, and added a score. Aaron Jones obviously was still a little banged up, worked his way back. Uh, the Packers are going on by, so it was kind of shocking that Aaron Jones even played. But he he was pretty ineffective, so they kind of took him out and let Dylan run the show. The Packers are kind of rounding into form as well. There are teams that I think struggled with their identity earlier in the year, and Green Bay hit that, and I, I, they haven't really looked back. They're 9-3 and three at this point. Uh, Randall Cobb looks like a an actual fantasy-relevant pass-catching option moving forward. Uh, how are you feeling about the Packers? Do you think this is sustainable? Do you think the Rams are kind of in a rut? Um, I think the Rams are kind of in a rut, and I think it all stems around Robert Woods going down. This this offense is running very smoothly, no one demanding targets, everyone just getting open. Um, and I, I don't think – I mean, to some point, Odell is demanding targets because that's clearly why he left Cleveland and why he's a Ram. But I, it's not like he's on the sideline in Stafford's face. Why do I have 10 targets, not 15? You know, like <laughs> he's getting the ball, but they they need to retool their offense around a new kind of weapon and a weapon that does kind of cut in to what Van Jefferson does. And he finally had a good game again. Um Cup was slow in the first half. It looked like they were just trying to get the ball elsewhere, use him late. Uh, they need to continue to hit him. Uh, Henderson got banged up in this game as well. So they need basically all health, but I think in the next couple weeks they'll get back into form, whereas the Packers, I think, are just finally getting into it. Uh, they, they finally got a second receiving option in Tunyon, and then he got hurt a week later, and now they kind of have a – combo one with I would say Lazard and Cobb taking kind of turns and splitting that role with MVS being just the pure deep shot guy so once Aaron Jones is fully healthy they have a pure split backfield I think they're gonna be full of cylinders and this is top five and the NFC is ridiculous (laughs) 
It is. I'm, I'm still feeling good about my Packers Super Bowl prediction. I think. Well, you you forgot one thing, sir. That means that it's the playoffs. This is this is a different different form of Aaron Rodgers, though. Is it? That's because the only Aaron Rodgers that's won a Super Bowl had a top defense. Listen, the Packers have a really good defense right now. I know the Rams not, kind of put not a on top them. defense. Not a top defense. <laughs> they have like a top half of the league defense, maybe. Well, I don't know where it, they rank. Let's right see now. if Rodgers can win with that. He hasn't shown it. That's true. All right. Uh, the last highlight before we get into the sad stuff. Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Elijah Monster is what I would like to call him. Elijah Mitchell, the, re- the reason we're calling him. Yeah, it's it's awful. I was tired. Uh, so Elijah Mitchell with a pin in his hand that he carries the football with 27 carries, 133 yards and a touchdown. He also saw six targets, caught five balls for 35 yards, just a dominant performance. My question is Elijah Mitchell, a dynasty RB one in this 49ers offense. No. Okay. I mean, it, he's he's played well. Doesn't have the highest draft capital of this running back room from this year. Uh, this running back room has always kind of been hit or miss, depending on the year. I really don't know what they're going to do with Wilson and Mostert for the future. Both have played well for him at different stretches. But, I mean, for me, the future is going to be a, a pure split between Mitchell and Sermon, who both, in my opinion, will deserve it by that point next year. And uh, I think both are going to be fantasy relevant. I think both will be plays every week. But because of that, unless one is handed more touchdowns on the week, neither will be an RB1. That, so all of that, yes, I I fully agree. Also, Trey Lance is going to poach some touchdowns. It's just what's going to happen. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be there next year. I think that's pretty clear. He's I think so too. Is he? I was gonna say, is he under contract next year? I don't really know. He, he still is gonna make like twenty-seven million dollars next year. However, I don't see Kyle Shanahan going up, getting his quarterback, and then taking the Jordan Love route. You know, because Jimmy Garoppolo is not Aaron Rodgers, and so no. maybe they do. You know, maybe Jimmy G's there, but I would fully expect Trey Lance to take over this offense next year. And that would be why you should. I, I think Elijah Mitchell is an RB two in Dynasty, and I think you should be trading for him because I don't think people are there yet. However, I I'd still temper. I'd I would temper. wait <laughs> because, okay. well, because for me, like I I think right now he's clearly shown to be he's going to be the the lead horse of the stable for the at least the immediate future, um, and he's shown the ability to take massive carry games where some of the other guys have not um honestly pretty much just him and certain are the only ones i would trust with getting 20 plus carries a game so yeah. which is why they're going to be great together for the future um but i would wait because th- that future exists and it's only going to get more apparent in the offseason when people really start to break down this roster and understand hey there's four or five backs on here there's two that just got drafted last year both of One's looked good. I think Sermon has looked okay when he's played. Nothing nothing close to the Ohio State run uh, yet. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think that the price will get cheaper than it would right now if you still have trades available in your league or maybe the immediate offseason when you have that pure recency bias behind it. 
Yeah. What I would do, if I'm being completely upfront, is I would go into my rookie draft next year and I would say, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about sending a second for Elijah Mitchell. And I think some people bite on that uh, because people get excited about rookies. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> but we'll, again, we'll they always get, they're always more valuable close to the draft. Yeah, so. exactly. You're right. For sure. All right. Uh, let's get to the low lights. The first one I want to talk about, and I just, I feel kind of bad talking about it. So I'm sorry, Lions fans. Uh, the Lions should have won the football game. They should have gotten their first win. Their late game management was absolutely atrocious. Um, so they called a timeout because they I either had 10 men on the field or there was a miscommunication uh, after calling a timeout to stop the clock. This made a third and I believe eight into a third and three. The Bears converted. They need out the clock and they kicked the field goal to get the win. Had they not done that, the Bears may have kicked a minute earlier and there's a chance that the Lions go down and and score or at least get a field goal. It's a slim chance, but the reason I want to bring this up, I think Dan Campbell has done a really good job in getting those guys to play really hard. I also think that in-game management is going to be an issue moving forward, and so he's kind of like the uh, Sashi Brown, per se, but at the head coaching level where he's hired as a middleman to get them through some tough years, and then he's going to get fired in three years anyway, and I, I would be shocked if he lasted three years. And it sucks. I think he's going to be a coordinator somewhere, but, man, the Lions just they find ways to lose, man. It's tough to watch. Yeah, I mean, we all have known (laughs) for a while that he's not going to be the future of this organization. It's not his fault. Um, I don't think he's particularly the best, like, in-game coach. I I don't think he has that capability, at least yet. But it's just, it sucks for him because you're just in such a bad spot. You're in a pure rebuild. In a rebuild, like, you got it, and your draft was not part of the rebuild. <laughs> it's it's yeah. next year's where the rebuild actually starts, so it it really just sucked for him. And you know, it, I think they they did well in the draft. I think it was a good starting point, but he's never going to see the success of this team, and that really sucks. He's one of those guys that I really like. He's that that like position coach or special teams coach that teams just absolutely need. Like yeah. that's that's where he will thrive. For he's going to keep having jobs because he's that kind of guy. Uh, it just it sucks for him. He gets one chance, and it's this. Yeah, it it's tough. I, you know, I hope like ten years down the line he gets another shot at a head coaching job. Uh, but you can't you can't be doing that, Dan Campbell. And he he got bailed out on another one, I think, where he tried taking that timeout, and they didn't let him because the Bears are stupid enough to take a timeout too. Shout out Matt Nagy. Um, Andy Dalton was a highlight in this game. He, he played really well against the Lions. So, I don't know. Uh, I miss Justin Fields. I can't wait to watch Justin Fields. Um, all right, that's enough Lions. Uh, Steelers, any thoughts on how bad the Steelers were? Um, <laughs> in particular, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know they need to be able to run the ball to be an effective offense. Um, and they couldn't do that or really – work in the passing game in the first half. The passing game kind of came on late, and thankfully uh, it helped me win money and thrive with Deontay. But <laughs> uh, 
it's just one of those like this they couldn't run the ball, so Najee was bad, and you just kept adding on. It's like nothing's working, nothing's working, nothing's working, and here we are. <laughs> and you know they're they're on the outside looking in for playoffs. I uh, believe bottom of division, or is that Browns right now? Uh, uh, I think the Browns, yeah, or no, Browns are six and six. So yeah, so they're they're still ahead of the Steelers. Okay, because so. of the tie. Okay, well, yeah. uh, it, it's just it's bad. Like this is definitely the last hurrah for Big Ben. I think everyone knows that, hopefully, including him and the Steelers organization. But it, it was a really bad week. I don't think this is the the status quo for them. Going forward, I think I know it's been a couple of bad weeks in a row here, but um, yeah, I, I they, they we've seen their offense work. I think it will continue, uh, and the defense is good, obviously. So yeah, Pittsburgh gets um, they get Baltimore this Baltimore. week though, yeah. so that's, that's and TJ Watts on the COVID list right now. Yeah, that is that is very true and. Uh, that might put a couple more people on the COVID list as well. So, uh, all right. Next, I just I reused the graphic from last week. He's not back. Um, or someone say the, he has he is back. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, so my Cam Newton take. Right, everyone's telling me I'm I'm dumb because I made a take that I think Cam still better than Mac Jones. Um, and here's the thing, guys. Uh, the Miami defense is really, really good. And I'm not going to excuse how bad Cam Newton was because he was bad. He was bad. That offensive line was atrocious. Just, the, I mean, like prime Cam offensive lines looked like this, and that's what got Cam killed. Uh, Cam could not work with that because he isn't as fast as he used to be. He did get older. Uh, however, one game does not make a player it does not break a player and people need to stop saying that it does i i think that's a pretty wild thing um i think cam still has it and i think that if cam were given you know a full off season to maybe learn the playbook that might help but he's had two weeks and uh i'm joking here when i'm saying he's not back because i do think that cam's gonna find success i think he's gonna have qb1 weeks in fantasy uh, what do you make of this game? It was it was just bad. Uh, I think people are quickly forgetting how much this Dolphins defense pretty much stifled the Ravens' attack a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and they're they're finally getting back to full strength. So it's just another tick on the Miami defense. I think they just looked incredible of late. Uh, Tua looked Tua has been so efficient and has looked really good. So I think it was just a bad match. Uh, McCaffrey got hurt. You know, nothing really just worked. And it was a bad game. There's no, I mean, he had like, what, like 15% completion. It felt like two picks. Like, it was just terrible. There's no question there. But I think it's nowhere near the norm for Cam that we're going to get. I, I think anyone that stashed him on their teams is going to be happy. I don't think this... I think last week is more close to what we're going to get every week. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Panthers this week get a bye week. Am I correct? Yeah. I believe so. Um, yeah. 
there's because a, there's a good rule had to buy this week, right? Yeah, rule so had to reinforce. Yeah, four more teams. Rule had to reinforce that Cam's the starter. Um, PJ Walker looked pretty bad too, guys. I mean, he looked better than Cam, but yeah, that's what happens when you know the offense. That's a good thing to do. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> he knew. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, and just because Cam's back with the Panthers, people forget new coach, new scheme, new system. Same Cam, slower Cam. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, one of the last ones here, uh, Jalen Rager's hands it, were a low light. Um, I mean, I still, I, think there's, I still think there's a chance at a future for Rager. Like, I'm not – it's not like J-Jaw where we're all just – we know it's over. <laughs> there's – Maybe in three years he does something, and we're like, "Oh, remember he was terrible." Good thing yeah. he had that one touchdown this season. But Rager, he still has a chance. It's just he hasn't progressed since college. Uh, it, I'd argue he, he's gotten worse. He's got a better quarterback than he did in college, which is easy to say. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was tough for him. But I mean, it, it's not like he's gonna get. 20 targets a game or anything. It's clearly why does she were two? Why does she were three, really, if you added the tight end position? I, I think he's going to have still a decent career. I don't think he's they're giving up on him, but this is just a terrible... It's it's like the example everyone everyone's going to continue to bring up, just like they did forever with uh, Aguilar, you know, with drops. That's all they wanted to talk about. And maybe that's his future. Maybe he ends up like Aguilar where he has to go somewhere new with a quarterback that can actually hit him and he, it works out. Here's the thing. I think Aguilar, that would be great for him. That's a great outcome. And if you have him in fantasy and dynasty, I think you're happy with an Aguilar outcome with what we've seen so far. I think you are too, but that's the thing though. Like Aguilar, we were, we were done with, we didn't care. (laughs) No one cared. That's true. Well, I, I don't think we're there with Rager. Yeah, and the opportunity cost is going to – I mean, I know Justin Jefferson was still going ahead of Jalen Rager in fantasy drafts too, uh, but it sucks for Eagles fans, and it really sucks for those who decided to draft Rager over Jefferson because the NFL did. That's why you should follow the cut. Uh, we did have Jefferson over Rager, even though Randy likes Rager a little more than I did, um, which yeah. it, which but, is still okay. It, you know, a lot yeah, of people I expect are saying, improvement from players. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, well, that's a, a lot of people are saying, oh, man, I missed big on Rager. I mean, did if you he, really expect him to get slower and worse? Like, no, <laughs> you have to no. project forward. So you expect it's, an increase in the route tree. He was a really good jump ball receiver in college. He's got that burner speed. It, you, you knew the, the thought process is he goes to a team where he's a wide receiver one, which he was, <laughs> and then he grows his route tree. And he continues to get better with his hands because he did have some drop issues in college as well um, and add to his frame. And he's kind of done nothing, and that's really the issue. Yeah, it's tough. All right, uh, and then the last thing, let's just uh, – the Browns and the Ravens deserve to be on the low lights, but I wanted to highlight uh, what the Browns were able to do to Lamar. Um, so they, they picked off Lamar four times. Three of them were definitely Lamar's fault. One was like a, a fluky John Johnson pick. But Lamar looked bad in this game, and I know he's going to get a pass because the Ravens did win this game. It's like the second time in 43 years or something that a 
quarterback has thrown four interceptions and their team has won. Um, the, Lamar could not see the field. He physically could not see the linebackers and the safety sitting in the middle. It's been a problem in the past. It's actually been a problem quite a bit this year, too. He's just gotten away with a lot. Yeah, uh, he, they won with his legs. I mean, playing so Yeah. Um, and, and Lamar's always going to be able to do that. He's always going to be able to evade sacks. He's always going to be able to extend plays. And that's how they won this football game. However, if there's a team... Now, I say if there's a team that can, you know, mitigate that a little bit, the Browns were that team. They just still couldn't get to him. Like, they had guys pre-rushing and getting to him in the backfield, and it didn't matter. So, um, it's just a tough passing game for Lamar, though. Yeah, it is. Um, He's going to have that, and I I would say, like, Andrews had still a decent day. Hollywood Brown had a pretty decent day. Bateman was okay. So, even the, the turnovers are an issue, but... He still had a pretty good day throwing. He had what I believe twenty completions, twenty four if you count the picks. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like he—that's normally what you want for Lamar. You just don't want the turnovers, and you probably want another touchdown through the air. Um, but the, the run game was dominant, which is what they are, and it worked out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we know if the Browns can't run the ball, they don't have explosive options, uh, especially with Schwartz not there. I mean, he's really the only one that can really get deep and he doesn't have the best hands yet because you know he's a track star trying to play wide receiver which i think he has improvement in his future but uh, that type of receiver has not always worked out so especially early on in the career and uh you know if if you're stopping the run like that this is what you're gonna get (laughs) plain and simple yeah i uh, shout out to the football team for Winning this football game, by the way, they got lucky. Yeah. Um, just really qu- quickly on the Browns, because I I voiced some of my thoughts on what the Browns are. Uh, you've got Cleveland media, you've got national media that are putting loss on on Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker didn't didn't play out of his mind by any means. The Browns wide receivers. And overall pass catching options outside of David Njoku are atrocious. And I, Jarvis Landry did okay uh, in, in this game, but it was schemed open. He, I think he got open by himself once and then he kind of sat in zones. If you man up against the Browns, they are not going to have an open guy and it's going to look a lot like that. The Browns are, are toast to me. I don't, I don't think that the Browns are going to make the playoffs. Um, I think I think there will be a time where we start to question Kevin Stefanski and I think it's coming soon. I think it already started, but I'm not I'm not quite there yet. Just uh an embarrassing showing from the Browns. It sucked to be a Browns fan again last night and probably will even on the bye week somehow. It's not going to be fun, so. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Um, that will do it for the week 12 fallout. I'm sorry if we didn't talk about your team. There are a few games that it just, it wasn't a fun game and I didn't want us to talk about it. So uh, let us know though, if you're upset about that, we'll, we'll make sure we include them next week. But before we get out of here, we have to talk through the waiver wire wish list. Uh, the waiver wire wish list is actually full of good players this week. Uh, for the f- first time in a while. So 
the first guy that we're going to talk about is obviously uh, Alexander Madison. So 55% rostered. There's a real good shot that he is not on your waiver wire. Um, however, with the Dalvin Cook news, th- there was a, a thread out there. I think it was Alex Caruso on Twitter. He said, here's why Alexander Madison is the waiver wire priority running back over Chuba Hubbard, uh, who we'll talk about in a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, Alexander Madison is the number one priority, I think. I think this could be another league-winning opportunity. Randy, do you agree with that assessment? Um. I don't know about league winning just because of the, the length of being out for Cook. I think you have probably three weeks of Madison being the guy and the lead guy because I think first week back for Cook, he's a little bit on a pitch count just to make sure he's good, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for two weeks, I think he seals your spot and maybe seals your seed in the, in the playoffs. Okay. So my... The, the main argument, so they get the Lions in week 13. They get the Steelers the following week. So not not a great matchup by any means, but Joe Mixon also just torched the Steelers' run defense, and who knows how long T.J. Watt will be out. Hopefully not that long. Uh, but then in week f- 15, he gets the Minnesota Vikings, who you, you can run against the Vikings. Uh, or he gets the Chicago Bears. I'm stupid. Uh, you can run against the Bears. So, um, yeah, I'm – all the way in on Madison, I would spend all the fab that I have left to be completely honest. Yeah, I think so okay. too. Cool. Uh, next guy, I skipped the next one on the list. Randy, we'll come back to him. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, so we, we talked about this with Christian McCaffrey going down for the season. Chuba Hubbard is the starter for the rest of the year. He's 49% rostered, so there's a better chance that he is available in your leagues. If you don't have Madison available in your leagues, Chuba Hubbard is the top option. These two guys are priorities. Uh, they need to be rostered. They probably need to be started. I don't have much else to say on that. Do you, Randy? No, I, I think Chuba's more of a league winner, quote-unquote, uh, <laughs> for the week. Uh, the Madison, just because we know McCaffrey's out, I I believe did they close the door completely on the playoffs too for him? They did, yeah. Because I'm I just think more curious. Once... It doesn't really affect fantasy, but it's, I'm just more curious. I believe uh, so. Yeah, I think they shut him down. Um, so for me, it's just <laughs> it's just one of those things where he hasn't been tremendous, but he's going to get 15 to 20 touches, and that's at worst your flex every week. Yep. Yeah, I had a lot of success starting Chuba for the weeks that CMC was out. So. And that was with Darnold playing atrocious, too. It wasn't yeah. even the good Darnold. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, all right, next guy, Jamal Williams, uh, 37% rostered. I wanted to put him on this list next because I think he's more available. And Dan Campbell has basically confirmed that DeAndre Swift will be out this week. Jamal Williams is a start. He he obviously has gotten less work with DeAndre Swift becoming the focal point of their offense, but if Swift is out, I think that just transfers straight over to Jamal, maybe with a slight downtick and opportunities. But uh, Jamar Jefferson is probably a shout here because he has gotten some run, and then they have the third back 
the 27 or 28 year old guy that everyone was freaking out about in dynasty. Don't pick that guy up. Uh, but, but uh, Williams is the full three down back for this team. Now for at least a week, I would expect more like two weeks. Cause again, this is a winless team. The only thing they have to play for is to literally win a game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if he's completely out this week, which is the Vikings, which you can run on, uh, it's not like the greatest, matchup but you could still run on them the week after that's the broncos kind of worse to run on but still not terrible um and you know he's got to roll the rest of the year so i think he at least gets you flex worthy points over the next two weeks i would expect with swift out uh going against playoff caliber teams i don't i don't really think they rush him back no they so shouldn't they shouldn't yeah i mean he's the future jamal is also the future of this the team, they're they're a pair there for the next two years after this, I believe, and I think that will continue because Jamal's very very good. Um, but he's, I, I think he's a he was a high value handcuff for a reason. You know, like Swift hasn't gotten it done necessarily on the ground uh, this season, but he's gotten it done through the air. Williams has kind of done a bit of both. I know Swift did it lately uh, on the ground, but now when you know he's going to get at least eighty percent of the work. Because <laughs> they are going to sprinkle in everyone else, especially in power game. I think they'll give him a breather in that scenario. But you know they're going to use him, especially in the red zone, because he's versatile, which they love to use in the red zone if they ever get there. So <laughs> I think Williams is one of the better pickups. Same thing as Madison, though, where the top-end value decreases. He has more long-term value than Madison, though. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, uh, a couple other guys that Randy wanted to put on here. Um, I Hill. literally the only people that matter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wa- waivers at this point, uh, guys, are it's it's kind of tough. Um, but Taysom Hill, 12% rostered right now, and Taysom Hill is has been named the starter for this week. He's practicing with the expectation that he will start this week. Yeah. It, it came out today at like 2 p.m., that they were gearing for the, the remainder of the season for him to be the starter. So, uh, <laughs> I honestly, I think Simeon's been okay for what he should be. I don't think he's played that bad, but yeah. but we know what Taysom does. Uh, they won't necessarily win games, but they will control the ball. Camara will be back uh, for the next game. So, that's what all accounts are saying. Ingram probably also back. But even if he's not, him and Kamara with Taysom is a good it, – it's good for this team, especially when you – without Michael Thomas, without Schrottman, you you basically have a hodgepodge of weapons, <laughs> none of which are truly going to break out. Uh, but they are going to have a better chance to break out if the box has to be stacked. And I think they understand with that limited weapons that – both Ingram and Kamara will still have to be used in the passing game, unlike the first kind of coupled games with Taysom last year where they just were like, wow, we have everyone else. It's fine. (laughs) No, they can't do that. (laughs) That's not how this works. And even with that, we saw Kamara do well with that at different times. Um, I hope they play on Christmas (laughs) Uh, for my fantasy sake, (laughs) as long as, because he's on most of my, most of my dynasty rosters too have Kamara. So I hope I get that again. Yeah, that game was crazy. Uh, but yeah, Taysom's going to be a QB one. He's going to uh, be a top. He'll be a top sixteen quarterback the remainder of the year, yeah. every week. 
Most likely yeah. quarterback one. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Probably back end QB one, just because I do think the touchdown upside is still a little limited with their limited pass catchers, but mm-hmm. the, against teams that they can run the ball and, and Taysom can succeed, uh, I, I think that he'll be fine. So Who do they play this week? The Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. I There's a chance. Now, hear me out. Kamara yeah. and or Ingram have to be back. But there's a chance he's going to start of the week Thursday. All right. <laughs> there's a well, chance. Spoiler Cowboy, Cowboys get run on. so They do. Uh, and then the last guy that we need to talk about is Dontrell Hilliard, who is rostered at 46%. Some people were on this last week. <clears throat> I still think it was a bad play um, because it, without a, what, 64-yard touchdown, uh, we're, we're having a very different conversation about why the Titans' backfield is just untouchable. Uh, his final but stat line. He had like 100 yards and a half, basically. <laughs> he did. So take away the 64-yarder. He has, say, 11 carries for 64 yards, no mm-hmm. touchdown, one reception, two yards, and a fumble. So I get a little nervous because if I think that he's going to break a 60-yard run every week, sure, yeah, we can start him. I don't I, – I, I think it was a little fluky in the first place doing that against the Patriots. Um, yeah. it, and <sighs> – I don't know, man. I, I think I reverse jinxed it too, where I, I allowed that to happen. Counter argument being with the injuries in play. Uh, I believe what do we got left for Julio? I think it's one more week guaranteed on IR. If not yeah. two, we have two more weeks guaranteed for AJ Brown. We, I mean, <laughs> I would say at least two more weeks guaranteed for Derek Henry, if not the rest of the year. Probably so, does. I would I would assume at least all playoffs Henry's out, but you you never know with freak athletes, and he's just a freak all around. So, <laughs> I, I think for the next two weeks at worst, he has the best touchdown upside for this team, if not the second best at worst. And you know he's going to get most of the work. They cut Peterson. Uh, Nichols has been nothing. So. <laughs> He's gonna get work, plain and simple. That's true. I I I get it. I I would roster him. I would not be comfortable starting him. Uh, I most weeks. I think he's probably gonna be close. He's he's gonna be back at RB two for me probably the rest of the season. Okay, that's that's most fun. weeks at least. I mean, matchup depending. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for the waiver wire wish list because. Waivers are slim. Uh, I'm sure there are some other guys like Westbrook, Akine. Um, but you he, know, he had like ten points or twelve points, and yeah. he had like two catches. Yeah, probably again same same sort of concept. Rosterable, probably not startable. Yeah, uh, I will say startable. Patriots are going to take away your top passing option, though. So and unfortunately, that was the top passing option. It's it's rough for Tennessee. I. I think the Colts might end up winning that division. Um, it's, we'll see. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, before we get out of here, man, uh, did you watch Hawkeye? I did. I did. I watched both episodes. All right. So if you guys haven't watched Hawkeye, you don't want to spoil. Uh, we're not going to get too in-depth here. Uh, probably just like general thoughts, but 
What, what did you think of Hawkeye? How, how are you feeling about the show? I'm feeling I'm excited. Uh, you know, I think we're getting a quicker ramp up to big bad of the show, which there's only six episodes and we're already a third of the way through, but compared to like WandaVision, we're miles ahead in that scenario. Um, it, it was good. Action scenes. Good. Um, I honestly forgot what Hawkeye went by in the that snap version of the mm-hmm. world for the longest time until like because I wasn't even paying attention to the name at that point. And then the second I like saw it on her, it's like, oh crap, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it, it's it's intense. Um I'm excited to see where it goes Wednesday. Uh yeah. after a very long day I'm gonna have. <laughs> and yeah. uh it's it's very good. I thought it was very good. The only thing I had a problem with is the, the fucking Captain America play with the whole Avengers. Like, oh, that was like nine was... years after a catastrophic event in your city. It, I mean, I would assume more obviously canon wise to the story on par with like nine eleven for yeah. for that oh. universe, if not worse. Worse. I mean, way more destruction, clearly, but like, at yeah. least that that attacker's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. As it, not the case in real life, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Where, so like the idea that in a universe that does in canon have like TikTok and all social media, isn't getting just destroyed for that play, like. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, like it's in New York too. So there's someone that literally we like the other main character of the show had a traumatic experience from that event. Like, there's no one in that audience, like, like having Vietnam flashbacks. Like, what the? <laughs> it's crazy, man. Well, and I think it was purposely like done in a very like over cheesy, the top way. Yeah, cheesy Broadway ish. I'm in a Off few Broadway ish, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a few like movie podcast Facebook groups because I'm strange. Uh, but some of the people in there were like, "And I have uh, I can do this all day," which is the song they sing stuck in my head. I was like, "Yeah, yeah I don't I don't even know how the tune goes because I, I completely tuned it out by the end, like like Clint did." Uh, strangely funny show uh, when yeah. he goes to the medieval thing. I was cracking up that's a little bit of a spoiler uh and i think we're gonna get some old marvel characters based on what mm-hmm. i've been reading um yeah i think I vincent d'onofrio is gonna be kingpin in this show i think that's gonna be we'll see i'd, I'd like yeah. a a nice interpretation of that character um i i don't know what the the leader of the one uh, enemy is technically i didn't really look in depth i'm not trying to look in depth for the show like we did for other shows yeah (laughs) but uh obviously like uh there's multiple possible like big bads or potential evils in the show so we'll see where it goes but it it was a good start i think and i thought i thought it was a good idea especially with the first episode to have both come out early and just get a pure audience attention for the rest of the show so uh, yeah. hope I don't know if we'll even have time to talk about this on our next show, <laughs> but uh, hopefully we do. 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll definitely keep Marvel talk in the cards. The other thing I wanted to say, I got my Spider-Man tickets finally. I'm going Saturday. I'm going to miss a Browns game for it. So that's how I feel about the new Spider-Man movie. That's... It's it's going to be pretty epic. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed. There's some leaked um, tickets information that, I mean, guarantees stuff. So if that doesn't happen, that would be a little disappointing for a ton of people, I'm sure. Yeah. Um but I, I, I've not, <laughs> I've not tried to get tickets. I, I have loose plans with uh, some friends that weekend as well as a family thing, like the day after. So I really don't know what I'll be able to see. It might be like the next week. So not that yeah. first weekend, but the the week after that that I get to see it. So we'll see. Usually watch stuff two days before me. <laughs> it feels like every single time. That's true. I have a I have a massive uh, exam the day I'm going to see it, so uh, I won't even have time to treat to yourself. It is, yeah, or making myself feel better if I fail the exam, so (laughs) which might happen. So, Uh, all right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the cut. Make sure you guys subscribe on the podcast forum if you're joining us live. Uh, If you're joining us on that podcast feed make sure you drop a four or five star review we would definitely appreciate that make sure you guys check out all the great podcast uh, episodes and different shows on this network Uh, we have the uh, coach approach returning this week after a little hiatus due to the holiday we have the college football cut this week and we also have dfs deep dive you can also catch us on thursday on the podcast feed with our starts and sits and our thursday night football preview Randy, do you have anything to add before we bounce? No, sir. Alrighty. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys later this week. Peace.